episode 207 on All Ireland Final Sunday. Plenty to get into, but first, Oasis. Hello and welcome. Yeah, absolutely an incredible day. Like, this is the day of all days, All Ireland Final Sunday. Magical day. I think, you know what? The last weekend in July or the second, third weekend in July for All Ireland f- Football Final. It suits me. I think it's uh, to get you get the real flavour of the weather. There's no, there's always, there's no real guarantee in September. It's usually a wet, muggy day. More than likely on, on a July, you're going to get a good day. Maybe an odd sherry spill or whatever. They don't want this to become a weather forecast. But I think, yeah, I know we it took us a while to get used to it, and it's a while now to get over it. But like we had the semi-finals and final of our showpiece game was exceptional, played in exceptional conditions in the best weather and now we can get stuck into the club stuff and we know we can get stuck into the club stuff. So, suiting any agenda aside, I think it's great for the game because if kids now just want to be Sean O'Shea or Shane Walsh and David Clifford and um, I'm trying to think of a couple of that, uh, Flynn Chap or Patrick Kelly or uh, Highland or Kieran Malloy, uh, Thomas Oliver, just... Now it accelerates because you have cool camps all summer. You have club lads that can go back out into action and be inspired by young fellas as well. They can enjoy the the game and, and talk about it with no World Cup, no no soccer, no rugby. It kind of has it to itself. Whereas September you're kind of jamming in there with the Premier League, which it takes up everybody's everybody's mind. Um, so I, I felt now that for the first season of it in, split season, bedding in, the intercounty it probably needs a few teething issues but I'd say it's it's fairly fairly well fairly bang on it'll be streamlined now it'll be marketed probably a little bit better we'll be more aware of people people will be more aware of results and what's happening and fixtures and line up and just getting ready I think it, 80% of it is people getting to know the time and getting used to being this time of year that the thing is happening that it feels like it's coming upon us so quickly when we're used to, ah, look, at that'll be on September. We've still a couple of months to get ready till it gets into it. And then they realise now, actually, all right, we're actually getting into it. So I thought so far, so good. It's worked well. And like, as I said, even with myself, um, looking ahead to the, to the club championship, all the fixtures are out. You can see the finalities of the of the, the local leagues as well coming to fruition. That that meant that's been brilliant lead into the championship in terms of research and doing getting ready for the champions. You look at it all there, and you have all the teams because they're they're playing very competitive football ahead of the championship with the leagues. The way it's split, you know, you have relegation, you have promotion, and you have like the titles there division 1, 2, 3 A and 3B to be played for as well to win and st- stay away from relegation so and then picking teams at the top of that pick the division 1 team div- division 2 team division 3B team came out during the week great reaction to that um, a lot of abuse and a lot of crack to be honest as well a couple of lads that should have been mentioned a few tight calls if you haven't listened to it yeah, yeah I suggest you do and if you do have any grievances like I said Send in your uh, send in your teams, and a couple of you have already. But like with it being All Ireland Sunday, um, I actually won a ticket this year to 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 the right to buy one with the club, and I didn't go. I I I obviously I could get I could go and go to these games in the years, but I've decided I've ne- I've never gone. I don't think I ever will, unless obviously I'm working at it or else loud get it. 
and I know I say it jokingly, like I only want to, I only want to, um, I only want to go with Laird's in it to see Laird in it, like that would just absolutely, it'd, be, it'd blow your mind actually if Laird were not in a final, which is sad to think, but it's where you have to aim to be, and hopefully we we can get there in my lifetime anyway. Uh, but I, my my kind of feelings on it is, I just wouldn't like to take a ticket. On a on a genuine supporter from that club, I know there's uh, there's sponsors and there's people up and club people and, all, and that all over the country and people flying from overseas to go to it and celebrities and what have you to go. And, and why should I I not go? Why should you not go? But I just I just think that for me I couldn't I, I just wouldn't sit well with me taking a ticket. I, I in one sense it's like looking like looking to go to the European final in soccer and rugby or uh, World Cup final. It's about the occasion, the spectacle, and I, I do get that. And I kind of half regret today not going and, and taking it all in, and probably a little bit more. I suppose it's a celebration of Irish culture, um, too. But it, it it just yeah, it just doesn't sit well with me. And like in terms of in terms of the tickets, I think. There was a lot more tickets available because there was no minor game beforehand. Maybe that's why the GA have it that there's no minor game because you, I know there was thirteen, maybe fourteen thousand at the uh, at the minor final. I know there's kind of close proximities between Mayo and Galway and played in the Hyde in Roscommon, but that's still fourteen thousand tickets. You might have had to spread across the two minor teams or two minor counties, depending who's in it. That that might be different to the to the, the two teams that were in the senior final so that's kind of logistics and all that as well so then maybe that made the freedom of tickets I know there was tickets floating around today as early as this morning uh, to go up to Crow Park get yourself a seat but no I decided not to decided to um, get get rid of it and yeah uh, the wait continues for me to get get there and I'll wait for Loud and it's a nice answer to the question I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for Loud to get one and you're, met, you're usually met with a laugh. So if I make people laugh, maybe that's that's a good thing. But speaking of loud men and loud and All-Ireland finals, there was one man kind of remembered today, and that's Kevin Behan, the great Kevin Behan, who he passed away. Um, the already 1957 winner, midfielder. Um, lot of, <laughs> to, to a certain generation, and this is maybe a wee bit of an argument with... with with certain loud fans, but he's probably Loud's most famous footballer, a most well-known footballer. And I know Dermot of that generation. Obviously, Dermot O'Brien is in there, um, and Dermot would probably be more well-known overall in, in terms probably his extracurricular things with the accordion and what have you, and the Turfman from R D and all that. But Behan was probably most well-known with the kind of the football fraternity around the country. Um, really good player, really sweet striker of the ball. Small man for being a midfielder, probably five eight, five nine, but great leap on him. Um, I've been I've been told all this when I read all this, and uh, look at you, you. You always have regrets in life, and I I had a chance. I, I should have I should have tracked him down to get an interview with him. I had a chance to do it, and I didn't. And I I I, I bloody well regret it now that I didn't get get him on tape and have a chat with him because he's supposed to be a great character, lovely man. Um, was aware of his status within the game, within Loud, and would have went out of his way to help Loud people out, you know, especially fans and supporters and lifetime supporters and touching letters, a wonderful handwriter, I'm told. 
Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something on Kevin during the week. I'm gonna honour him during the week and have a couple maybe people on to remember him as a footballer and as a person. Great character, I'm told as well. Uh, moved up to Dublin then. Uh, sharp mind as well, accountant down the years. But yeah, that that's one of the one of the regrets I have. A uh, really good footballer, um, a All Ireland winner. Um, like, ah, look at. I'm going to remember him during the week and have a couple of people on so we'll, we'll touch him and we'll remember uh, Kevin being uh, fondly because he, he's deservedly has a high ranking status in, in loud football and may he rest in peace ok so I'm going to do a few kind of a few kind of notes or just a few talking points usually that I do um, on just reflecting back on today's All-Ireland Final and what a spectacle it was. Like you had the crowd, you had the colour, you had the sunlight, you had two different teams. There was no Dublin, there was trepidation, there was hunger with the supporters, um nice contrast in colour of jerseys, white and maroon and and uh green and gold, nearly like Cooley playing the Plunkets in the championship this year in uh, wherever that game is. But um you know that sort of way, it was full of colour, full of excitement and full of novelty. Um and even RT Spruce there and they got a new camera which is which is really um really cool. I don't know the, uh, what is our Ireland final for you? Is it, for me it's an excuse to get the family round and get everyone round to watch it together, kind of like a viewing party together and watching it and joining up a bit of food, um, predictions and all that, writing them and having a bit of crack like that and cheering sides and wanting teams to win and getting the kids involved and all. That, that's the way my, my All-Ireland Finals are orientated around. I don't know what how it is for ye. But yeah, um, watching at home, I thought, I, I enjoyed the RT kind of show. I, they were back inside, they weren't on the podium outside, so that was good. Probably couldn't give the tickets, they needed the space for the tickets. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed the build-up, I enjoyed the chat beforehand, I enjoyed the analysis, analysis was quite good, better than, than, than before. Um, the new camera is spectacular I thought I, I would have liked more of it on a couple of the free kicks you would have liked to see the, the free kick sometimes it would switch back to the close in view I would have liked to have kept it to that overview and see the points going over the bar I did it once with one of Shane Walsh's free kicks and you could tell straight away that it's over the bar sometimes rugby does it where they get the camera right behind I remember, like they get the camera right behind Ron Logara's kick <clears throat> they can do it in GA but they don't seem to do it a lot uh, there must be some kind of reason for that. But um, watching the game, you're obviously not there and you need to be filled in. I was very disappointed if it's Morris wasn't beside um, Dara Maloney on the podcast or on the, on the, the programme, the broadcast. Because in any podcast or any broadca- broadcast lately, he's been excellent, really good, insightful. And the thing that's, that's really good about Fitzmaurice and compared to McStay, who I thought was brutal today, I don't know how, even after the semi-final, he was chronic, um, saying that Sianni O'Shea should have got a red card and all this sort of stuff for the for the follow-up on Evan Comerford. He was brutal because you need, when you're not there, you need someone who's there and that's what your co-commentator is uh, all about. I even say when I'm doing Lou TV and talking to the co-commentator, what should I do here, Danny? do is you, you fill in what, what the people can't see off the camera and McStay didn't do that you know it's five or six minutes into the game and he, 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 he he's uh, talks about oh I'm just getting the matchups and he doesn't tell you who's picking up who you have to kind of go off like sometimes it's very misleading sometimes like 
Kieran Malloy picked up Keeney from the first ball or it was a silk was beside um, Sean O'Shea. But then he doesn't say who, where's Daly playing. You know, you had to rely on others, other kind of camera images and that. You need, because they should have filled us in what the, what the matchups are. There should have been a, a kind of a, even a, a graphic on the side to see who's on who, to know who's on who. Because that's really, really important and you get a better feel from the game. And I kind of felt I was let down not knowing who's on who. And even when they're doing the walk around, walk around the field and not, before in the All-Ireland Parade, he was talking about himself. Talking about, oh, I'm just getting myself ready, getting the notes ready. I don't care, Kevin. I want to know about the players, what they're feeling, what their body language looks like, how they're moving. Is Jack O'Connor interacting with them on the line? Is Parik Joyce organising things? What's happening? Like I always remember even I went in also final a couple of years ago. Probably 2019, the year before COVID, and Declan Bono was in charge and they beat Calvin fairly well. It would have been 2019. And as the parade marched around, Bono got his, all his subs in one huddle while the parade was going around and spoke to them real passionately, obviously instructing them, saying, you're really part of this panel. Um, I want you to focus on this. You Stay in the game and keep your mind in and motivated. The lads that weren't on the panel, that weren't on the parade to start 15, off the pan, off the camera, and like they didn't do that for me today. Didn't add to it today. Didn't add any insight either. It's just you know, we know when a point's over the bar. We need to know how it was over the bar. We need to know how that how strong the wind was there, how how tight the marking was. Like you know, it, it just didn't deliver for me. So that's my rant of a couple more um, things. The referee bottled the black card as well. And you think, oh yeah, it's all grants. You look at Kerry one in the end when the Galway keeper Connor um, pulled uh, Killian Spillane down. That was a black card. I know Spillane kind of flails the legs. Kerry did that a lot today. It was a Joe Connor come on as a sub. They know how to buy you free and be theatrical. Uh, And I just thought, yeah, right. So he he doesn't give that black card. So the goalie stays on. It's whatever. Handy tapped over free. And go would just kind of live on that edge and they don't come back into it. What happens if, like, as the brother said to me today, it doesn't matter, it shouldn't come into it, it's not sentimental, it, it might ruin the game. Should have been black card. Maybe Galway then come out of their shell and they go for it with 14 men. You know, maybe they have to go for it, maybe change the whole dynamic of the game and they go on and win it. Uh, or maybe carry win by more and it's easier they pull up easier and they have a chance to enjoy it even more they should have been rewarded for that justice so I just thought yeah Horst, he, he was quite good other, other, other than that I just thought you have to make that call you have that's where you got the job you have to make that black card speaking of making the call I thought Jack O'Connor he got fairly lucky you know he he started David Moran and Paul Geeney uh, probably that what we spoke about their sentiment you know when did they were kind of they were a combination of why Galway played so well in that first half Moran wasn't kind of getting around the field that much McDade was kind of dominating and Conroy was more comfortable in possession and then Higgini didn't didn't nail Galway when he had the chance he had two bad wides I know he did kick one down off a mark but overall when Killian Spillane comes in more elusive, more tricky, and just that bit more fresh. The brother comes on, Adrian, more energy around the field, different type of player than uh, David Moore. David Moore's 
not that type of prototype midfielder anymore. He kind of was and hasn't been this past couple of years. He's a big man, but doesn't get around the field. You need the likes of Barry. You need the likes of McDade. That's the sort of lad you need. Mobile, powerful. Not overly long and tall, but, you know, gets covers ferocious men to ground. So Jack kind of got away with that, but then you have to ha- maybe hand it to him as well. Keep those boys in. Edge it. Keep it tight. They have a bit of know-how about them. Get the fresher lads in that are hungry driving that bit of impact off the bench Kerry ultimately had the better bench we spoke about that with Gordon Mann that they would have that better bench and like Galway probably didn't trust theirs the whole way through the process I probably just don't have the depth but they will because I think the next point I have down here is Galway's future it's a lot brighter than than you would think you know after losing our final to have Lads that have grown, they have, they have a really solid backline. Like Daly stood up today, Kelly did quite a good job, and Clifford Malloy stood up too. Um, you know, I I just feel that there's low even the two wing backs as well. Liam Silk as well was very good. There's there's, there's good defence there. McDade was good. Conroy, even uh, Shane Walsh. We, we I said it with Gordon during the week. He's due a good game. He was excellent. Um, so yeah, there's a there's a really bright future there with Galway. Um, next year, like with, with the championships, wide open, absolutely wide open again. Tyrone will come back, licking their lips. Um, you'll have Donegal with a new manager. Dublin will be, f- oh, they'll be, they'll be chomping a bit at the bit. Meade will have a new manager. Lay will be better again. Um, May all be back in with a new manager too, and then you'll have uh, the whole of Ulster Armagh will be building again. Um, like Cork would possibly be better too you know they'll be, they've got the quarter final this season they'll, they'll fare better they'll try and push up in division 2 but um, it's it's a lot more even it's a lot more entertaining a lot more interesting next year already yeah I'm looking forward to next year already and the kind of thing you look at with Loud like how you compete for like you look at today and what, what, what won the game today is that athleticism is that free taking um, that's the thing about Kevin Bean I was told today dead dead eye free taker before Sam arrived was about Bean was a great man to take a take a, a dead ball place ball but like you look at the, the most recent win and you have that kind of skillful forward you have David Clifford that magic magician up front just pure skill pure power and I loved the bit of dog on him you know he clips Ke- Sean Kelly takes a yellow card and looks around looks innocent you know he has that bit of, bit of killer in him you know, and you need that. And he showed it today. He had to get the job done, and he did. And like, look at to compete loudly. That you need that kind of ultra mobile midfield. You need that corner back that drives up the field. You need that holding player at six that can spray the ball around. Because it's it is becoming a little full circle where it has to be. You have to obviously go defensive, get them at the wing wing forwards. Like Stephen O'Brien was excellent today. Johnny Healy, two twelves were brilliant today, dropping into the space. Even Jamal O'Connor had a really good game um, on the wing for uh, Kerry too. You need that. We we've we, we've worked that too with Kieran Downey playing that role, Colin McKeever playing that role. We need that hard working midfielder. You need the four up front, but you need to work both ways. You need like the likes of Comer coming out the field when he had to coming for kickouts, like Sam does as well. You need you need energy and you need depth and you need scores and you need free takes and you need to be flexible and and you need you need a whole body of work because you see like that 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 Kerry crop is is just stacked with minor winners you know and it it doesn't come from nowhere even the Galway boys winning under twenties and that and minors too I suppose that's how they're competing you see the the Jerry Riley team are in the final 
um, not the shield or anything like that. It's the, it's the top final, the A final, I suppose. I want for the want of a better letter um, against me in the fortnight's time. We'd be looking forward to that. A couple of really good footballers, a couple of players that played minor this year, so they've been boosted by that minor experience and bringing it down to their level at under sixteen. And yeah, so you need that. You need to build on that. We need to build for next minor next year. But uh, a couple of the blocks today were just exceptional. I always, I always like to look out for those blocks. Those that skill. The tackle of O'Brien, just uh, there that I mentioned, the, the block kind of on Paul Conroy. The tactics, like the, the the level of detail and the pressure that's on the kickouts. And just for the, the goal keeper to get it away. I know, he, I know he did some mad things, even the, the quick free kick over the top. I thought, Jesus, what is he doing? Uh, to the corner back and it caused a bit of a score. And, but, but his kickouts, like the pressure to... They clip the short ones out and find them through the needle, eye of the needle. And I was happy there wasn't any kind of a mess up with the goalie because there would have been a real kind of, real kind of stick, like real stick to beat all those you know, uh, fly goalies with. But I suppose they, they did stay kind of put. But the short kickouts and that, nobody kind of botched up or got a soft goal out of them. But um, yeah, um, what else do I have to say? Um, yeah, Kerry, they, had, they felt that pressure early on. They really did. They were nervy. Paulie Clifford was fumbling balls. Um, Sean O'Shea's even first free kick just skipped that to the left and wide. Um, but just they had that bit of know-how. Used to get in the finals. They're, they're kind of sick. It's similar to the Jocks when they beat RD there in 2020. They had even even total when they won it against Landlier. They had that bit of know-how to get the job done. Didn't matter how they got it done. They just had to do it. And, and Galway probably, they played very well to a certain point, but coming in as newbies in a, in a new final, it's very hard to win it in your first goal. And Kerry, kind of, you kind of need that to get your first one in a, in, a, in a bit of a lull and to get back up in the conference. You kind of need to beat a team like that to get, to get one over you. Very similar to the Martins, getting that win over RD, having played a more craftier Blues side down the years before that. And to get kind of... I wouldn't say an easy one, but a, a one where they could they could use their experience and know how. Obviously, they're the better team, even when they probably play that well on the day. They just got the job done. Similar to Kerry today, got the job done against a uh, lesser experienced side. Showed that class when they had to. Showed the grit when they needed to. That they weren't going to lose the bloody another one, and they didn't. And credit to them. Credit to the kingdom. Uh, we'll be we'll be lining them up next year. Uh, but that's just the standard to have. That's just the standard to set. I really enjoyed it. It was a terrific final. Absolutely wonderful battle in terms of athleticism and pure skill. A great foot passing from Galway in the first half. Great point taken from Kerry. Clifford is just a midget, just as it all. Size, pace, skill, left or right foot. Um, a leader, a bit of dog in him as well. And the leaping and the tackle. That, that's another thing. Mark has to go. It just has to go. Geedy gets a saw, gets a mark. Great mark takes it. It's a soft score. You'd love to see him torn and cut along the end line to go and have a shot for that one, or even get dispossessed or whatever. You know, it just sanitizes the whole lot. Has to go. Mark has to go, and then just great to see the see the boys climbing up the climbing up the steps with the crowd. And it's nice, Nelly. I used to love the crowd coming on the field after, but it was nice to see the reaction to the players and the manager. Um, you know, having that, having that joy amongst the group and seeing it close hand, kind of like a behind the scenes sort of thing. Except it was on the pitch and lads interacting with each other, just sheer delight and it's gut wrenching for the Galway lads as well. 
massive backroom teams as well there even Mike Quirk was involved uh, Tony Griffin former Clare Holler kind of motivation speaker um, Paddy Talley uh, I didn't see him on the camera uh, mentioned Jordan Rigg absolute gentleman to deal with you know and he was in there with Darren tried to make a fist to Darren and couldn't do it so if he can't do it you know, he'd be the, he'd be the lad down whether they're going to try and look for another manager. You could you'd look for a lad on an All Ireland winning ticket, and he was he's already been there. You know, we beat them down there. There's something lacking in down, and but it's definitely not something lacking. Paddy Talley, absolutely brilliant coach, great fella to deal with, and I'm absolutely delighted for him. Um, and then as well, Jack O'Connor. To say Dundon, you should never go back, but Jesus, he has cemented himself in GA folklore now. Going back, well, not once, not twice, but three times, getting the job done, like Gordon Manning said during the week, that's his remit. Beat Dublin and win the All-Ireland. Got the job on that. And he, Jeez, he delivered. I hope he gets I wonder, will he get a massive bonus? I wonder, will he stay on? Will he go on again next year? Will there be that drive to do? Will he say, right, you know what, I've done it. I beat Dublin. Beat Mayo, I beat Galway, got my All Ireland again. We're back up, up and running. We we'll let that All Star cast of uh, managers in. And then it's the thing as well about Jack. Timing is everything with managers. He he kind of crafted all those under underage teams too. He was successful with them. He got to know them. There's that hunger there, and he's waiting out in the wings, kind of learning his trade in Leinster with Len, uh, Kildare, eyeing up Dublin, sharpening the knives. Uh, and then comes in time is ready this team is about, uh, ha- have to win there's not even a case of they will win they earned their chops they earned an awful lot of harsh lessons against Tyrone last year especially and they go on to do it today but um, yeah that's all for me uh, I will chat to you again um, during the week thanks for everyone who signed up this week for the 3B team and the Gordon Manning preview um, something this week on Kevin Bean and something else as well maybe special too but there'll be a couple of podcasts out and we are getting ready for the championship behind the scenes here loud and proud I can't wait uh, hopefully now the split season I'll be trying my best to ramp up the club action I've, I've done so so far with the 3A three, uh, the Division 1A 2 and 3B teams 3A is to come as well I'm going to probably do that in August just before championship drops uh, but look at with with Tully Allen being four points ahead, three games to go against the bottom three teams in that division, you might say they probably have it. So maybe I might just, maybe I might just pick a three A team. You never know. I'll let you know during the week anyway. Thanks very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our Ireland final Sunday as much as I did. And we'll chat to you during the week on Loud and Proud Patreon.com forward slash Loud and Proud. Good luck. Bye bye and thanks for listening.